You're listening to the Northfield Radio Program, where faith, family, and culture all collide with the biblical worldview. There is a war that's raging for the hearts and the minds and the spirits of men and women. And you and I, as Christians, are on the forefront of that battle. The question is, what will you do? To find out more about the Northfield Radio Program and Caleb Gordon, go to www.calebgordon.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Radio Program. I am your host, Caleb Gordon. Holy smoke, this is episode 104 of the radio show and podcast. So excited that you guys are here with us. Um, As always, want to say thank you to our friends at Outpost Coffee for providing us with incredible caffeinated beverages. Uh, Actually had one this morning, the vanilla mocha. Man, that's really good. Um, Check these guys out, outpostcoffeeco.com. Well, um... I want to talk about the idea of suffering and Christians, in particular Christians suffering, uh, because the scripture promises us this, that that, that suffering will come for, for Christians. Um, I want to look at James, James one today, just because it's a great launching point for the idea of suffering. Um, one of the things that is promised for, um, people who follow Christ, uh, is that there is going to be suffering. There's going to be persecution from the world. Um, and I think we got a little glimpse of this because the, the culture and the climate that we're in right now, uh, is really just, I mean, it's a tender box and we're waiting for somebody to do something crazy. Um, a church, uh, Grace Baptist Church in Troy, Michigan, um, they're drawing fire because this church decided to give away an AR-15 rifle as part of a, a gimmick to get people into the in the doors. Now, I have my own personal opinions on this. I, I don't think it's like there are certain times, um, like there, I've been to men's events and men's rallies where there's a raffle for a gun and things like that. But I just I think on a Sunday morning at a, at a morning worship service, I don't think giving away a gun to get people to show up to church is is wise uh, or theologically sound. Just like uh, giving away a bike or a car or you know an Xbox, I just I think that those are gimmicks that are silly and I don't think it's necessary. But here's here's the issue. Um, because people are we're in this crazed climate we've got people now that they protested outside of this church to the point where they started shoving and hitting uh, the parishioners that tried to walk in uh, i watched a video where a lady tried to take her kids into the church and they started screaming at the little i mean little kids like little like three and four years old little kids and they were screaming save the children save the children from this chaos save the children or something just insane like that um this is where I believe we're going to start seeing more persecution, more persecution for the church. Now, obviously, in this instance, this church poked the bear a little bit more. And I, I've said this multiple times. I've said it in sermons. I've said it in, in the, on this radio show. We shouldn't poke the bear. The gospel has enough offense on its own. But we <clears throat> we don't need to. We don't need to poke the bear, uh, which this church, especially in New York, uh, a liberal state, they poke the bear. 
they poked it by giving away a gun. And, and here's the thing. I do, like I said, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but maybe not on a Sunday morning when that is a dedicated time for worship. I went and listened to part of the sermons uh, from their church website because the article called him out as a alt-right preacher. And here's the thing. He's not alt-right. He just be, This is why they called him alt-right, because he's pro-Bible and pro-gun. So because he's pro-gun and pro-Bible, well, he's a, he's an alt-right guy. He's, he's one of those Nazis. And he's not. He's just a Bible-believing guy. I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, but I believe that he's um, someone who loves Jesus. Um, so I, I would not consider him alt-right. I would just consider him a Bible-believing Christian who likes guns. Um, so th- that's in the left-leaning liberal media that is considered alt-right. If you believe the Bible and you like guns, then you're an alt-right. And that's not the truth. It's just not the truth. Um, so the idea that I want to talk about for today's uh, radio show is I want to talk about persecution. I believe that persecution is coming for the church, and I think we're seeing glimpses of it right this very moment. We're seeing the beginning of, of just some real um, problematic things where people who claim to follow Christ are being pushed against. And if you if you believe the Bible, you say the Bible is the final authority for all of humanity. We're seeing a pushback against that, and so we're gonna we're gonna see some uh, the upramp of persecution. Uh, I'm gonna look at uh, James chapter one because this is where uh, this is how we should react to persecution to tribulation to trials. Uh, James chapter 1, starting in verse 2, says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when we meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and steadfastness, when it has its full effect, you will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So I I think um, what's going to come to fruition here pretty soon is we're going to see men and women who follow Christ, who name the name of Christ, are going to be uh, potentially, you know, persecuted. And I don't know to what degree it's the persecution is going to come, but I know it's going to be, um, it's probably going to be pretty severe. I mean, look at our brothers and sisters anywhere else in the world. I mean, look at anybody in Asia, middle, the Middle East, Russia. You, you look at those those places, um, they persecute Christians on a whole side. I mean, men and women are getting thrown off of buildings. I mean, men and women are dying for the cause of Christ now and what's insane is that we're shocked by uh, a little bit of suffering here in America, and I'm telling you, it, it's gonna get it's gonna get worse for us. Uh, we follow Christ because the enemy is at full on, full fledged war with the God of the universe. He doesn't like God. He doesn't like us. He hates both. <clears throat> he hates Christians and he hates God, and so he's declared war on all of us. And here's the thing, he doesn't win, he's going to lose. I mean, the war is already won. When Christ died on the cross, shed his blood on the cross, he won the war. The war was over with. Um, so in in terms of eternity, the battle has been won. And we just have to watch this play out. Um, but in the meantime, <clears throat> Christians are going to suffer. We're going to um, have... Moments of persecution, moments of suffering. I think of Paul. Paul, who was the religious elite. I mean, he was set. I mean, the guy lived 
an opulent lifestyle. He was, I mean, he had access to power, money, anything he wanted, he had access to. And he was, he was a guy that was violently opposed to Christianity as well and was actively engaged in murdering Christians. And Jesus shows up and transforms his life and he becomes a Christian. And as a result of that, he, he tells him, you're going to suffer for my name's sake. You will suffer. And he did, man. He's shipwrecked, beaten. I mean, he's every, you look at the Bible, read the Bible and the, the list of things that take place to Paul, uh, the, or the list of things that, that happened to, to Paul are just insane. Just snake bit, thrown off of, uh, beaten, just everything you can think of. And, and he, he's, and on top of that, in in Second Corinthians, it says this that he uh, to keep me from becoming conceited because of his surpassing uh, surpassing revelations, a thorn was given to him in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded, which that means I begged, I pleaded with the Lord about this that it should leave me, but Jesus said to me. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. So therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ rests upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities, for when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. And guys, that's what I I want us to see is... Even though it's coming for us, even though persecution is coming, I'm, I need you to hear me. This is the season and this is the time when we can rest in Christ and we can say, okay, Jesus, I know that you're going to, this is coming. Hardships and persecutions and calamities are coming for us if we follow you. But when I'm weak, that's when I'm going to, that's when I'm going to be the most strong for the sake of Christ. I'm going to be content with this. I'm going to, because man, eternity waits Eternity's right on the precipice, and we're right on the edge. And why in the world would we want to dedicate, or why would we in the world would we want to be content with the the things of this world and be comfortable for a few years, but yet when eternity comes, we're uncomfortable for all of eternity. Now is the season. Now is the time. And Paul, he continues in Romans chapter 5, uh, this idea of, of um, suffering. He says in chapter 5, verse 3, More than that, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because of God's love. It's been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Who has been given to us? For while we were weak and at just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. So, like, here's the hope that we have. That yes, we may be walking through some trials. Yes, we might, might get ostracized. Might, yes, we might have moments of uh, uncomfortableness or, or persecution or hardships. But, man, this is, this is producing in us something. It is giving us something large, larger than life, uh, the ability to have hope and hope doesn't put us to shame. Like God's love's poured out into our hearts and into our lives. And and we have Christ that's been given to us. And so as a result of that, we get Jesus and Jesus is more than enough for us. 
And this is where you and I need to be focused. We need to be ever vigilant to understand that, yes, um, he's, he's all we need regardless of what comes our way. And Paul continues in Romans chapter 8. And I love that he says this in Romans 8. He says, For I consider, 8.18, For I consider the suffering of this present time not worthy to compare with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. So, I mean, there's coming a day. Like, hold on. Don't lose heart. Hold on just a little bit longer. We're, we're getting closer to seeing what Christ has for us. And, and we're going to look back and we're gonna, it's not even going to be worth talking about. Like we're going to see what's in front of us. We're going to, when we hit eternity, when we get to heaven, when we get to Christ and we see who he, who he is, we see everything that he has ever done for us and what we have in front of us. And we're not even going to, we're going to look back at our lives and we're not even going to want to talk about it. Like it's not even going to be something that's even worth having a conversation about. We're not going to go like, man, remember that time on earth when we, we were walking through this and we were doing this and this was happening to us? Like That's not even going to be a thought process for us. It's not even going to be in our realm of discussions when we get into heaven. Why? Because the scripture, the scripture says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present moment, the, the suffering you're walking through right now, is not even going to be worth comparing with the glory that you and I are going to be presented with. We're not even going to want to talk about it. Like, I want us to think about that power, that kind of absolute, utter, sovereign power that as tough as things are right now, as hard as things are right now, there's going to come a day when we're going to not even, not even want to have a conversation about the things that are going on right now. Because of all the beauty and all the glory and all the majesty that's going to be in front of us in glory. That's coming for us. You say, Caleb, my my life is rough. Like, it's rough right now. What do I do? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40 gives us that answer. Listen to this. Have you not known? This is uh, chapter 40 verse 28 is where I'm going to start. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. So, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't want to make light. Like, I'm not sitting here on my radio show making light of your circumstances, making light of your current predicaments. I'm just not. But I am telling you that Jesus has said this. He is the Lord. He's the everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth, he does not faint or grow weary. The God that we worship, the Savior that we that we have been rescued by, he doesn't grow weary. So he knows your hardships. He knows your pain. He knows where you're at. He knows the moment of suffering that you're in. He knows that. But this is the time you and I need to press into Christ. Press into his His holiness, his goodness, his righteousness. We need to press into that. Have you not heard? Did you not, have you not known that the Lord, like, listen to this, the Lord is the everlasting God, the God of the universe, Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of everything. He's sovereign over all things, even your life, even your momentary light 
afflictions. And that's, you say, Caleb, how dare you call my call my stuff light momentary afflictions? I didn't call them that. That's actually from the Bible. The Bible calls them light momentary afflictions compared to what's coming. So he doesn't faint or grow weary. He gives power to the faint. Like Jesus Christ gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases their strength. Like this is, he does all this. What is this all? He keeps going, he says, even the youths shall faint and grow weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But they, and here's the crux of the whole text. But they who wait for the Lord shall have their strength renewed. Now, that's the, that's the, that's the crux. That's the prerequisite. You have to lean in. You got to wait on the Lord. God's timing is not your timing. The stuff that you're walking through, there's a, there's a purpose for all suffering. There is a purpose for all of this. And we just have to lean in and press in. You say, Caleb, I, I've been trying to figure out what my, what's going on in my life. I've been trying to figure out this suffering stuff for years. And I can't, I still don't have an answer. And here's what I'm going to tell you is you may not get your answer until eternity. You may not hear from the Lord on this until you get to heaven itself. And guess what? That's okay. It's going to be okay if you don't know. There's, I mean, to this day, I don't know why my mom got cancer and died. I mean, I I just, I don't know. I'm going to have, why God, why did you do that? What was the purpose of you taking her away from us? What did you, what did you want her there with you more than she needed to be here with me? Why? And I don't know. But I know this, that God's more than sufficient. I know that his grace is more than sufficient. I know that... In this last year and a half, almost two years now, um, God's faithfulness to us as a family, faithfulness to me has been sweet. And I know that uh, he's in the process of shaping and molding me into his image. And if it took me losing my mom to get molded and shaped into Christ more, then man, take her. I'll, I'll go with that. Take her. But I don't know. Like it's tough. I know that I know that the world's tough, but this is what Jesus says: "Those who wait on the Lord shall have their strength renewed." So it's just be patient and wait. Be patient and wait to hear from God. So on that idea of be patient, wait. I, I want to share with you a little clip. Uh, it's, it's actually a sermon clip out of a song uh, by. Shane and Shane, they have a sermon clip from John Piper on the on suffering and what it's producing in us. So I just think it's one of those things that it, it could really encourage you. So I just want you to hear this. Oh, not only is all your affliction momentary, not only is all your affliction light in comparison to eternity and the glory there, but all of it is totally meaningful. Every millisecond of your pain from the fallen nature or fallen man, every millisecond of your misery in the path of obedience is producing a peculiar glory you will get because of that. I don't care if it was cancer or criticism. I don't care if it was slander or sickness. It wasn't meaningless. 
It's doing something. It's not meaningless. Of course you can't see what it's doing. Don't look to what is seen. When your mom dies, when your kid dies, when you've got cancer at 40, when a car careens into the sidewalk and takes her out. Don't say this meaningless. It's not. It's working for you an eternal weight of glory. Therefore, therefore, do not lose heart. But take these truths and day by day focus on them. Preach them to yourself every morning. Get alone with God and preach his word into your mind until your heart sings with confidence that you are new and cared for. I love that. Though, that that you guys got to listen to that song. Though you slay me by Chain and Chain. I just would encourage you to listen to that. Man, it's producing something in you. Um, I, I thought of something while I was listening to that in First Peter five. First Peter chapter five says this last, this last little idea. I'm turning there. Listen to the pages turn. Doesn't sound good to hear the Bible pages turn. I love hearing Bible pages turn. But First Peter chapter five says this: After you have suffered, verse ten. First Peter five verse ten, and after you have suffered a little while, a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore, confirm strengthen and establish you to to him be dominion forever and ever like that's like how glorious does that make our god that like after a little bit of suffering like the the god of all grace he's he is called you like think about that the god of the universe has called you specifically you he's called you now what's he what's 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 he gonna do? He's gonna restore. Think of all the things that sin has robbed us of. Think of all that the enemy has robbed you of in your lifetime. There's coming a day when you're gonna be restored. He's gonna restore you. Not only is he gonna restore, the, the text continues and says he's gonna confirm. He's gonna confirm you. Like he's gonna give you confirmation. So many, so many of us have never had legitimate confirmation. We just we've lived in uh, just some uncertainty. And he's gonna confirm us. And he's gonna strengthen us. And then he's gonna establish you. Like you don't do all that. He's going to do that. Like you don't promote you. You don't lift you up. He's gonna confirm. He's going to restore. He's gonna strengthen. He's gonna establish you. Like that's that's awesome. That he's going to do that for us that are in him. Like, there's no condemnation. Romans 8, 1. There's no condemnation for those that are now in Christ. So we have this this beautiful picture that, man, yes, you're going to walk through some suffering, but there's going to come a day when all of that's going to be wiped away. Everything's going to be made new the way it should be. It's going to all be made right. Every wrong that's ever happened to you, every pain that you've ever gone through, every tear that you've ever cried, every hurt that you've ever experienced is going to be, I don't know how God does it, but he's the God of the universe. He can do whatever he wants. And he's going to 
miraculously wipe all the sin, all the pain, all the sorrow, all the junk. He's wiping that away and he's going to restore you. He's going to set you on a path that is appropriate. So yes, is there some bad news coming down the pike that, yeah, we're going to get persecuted? I think so. I think the church is going to go through some serious persecution soon. People who follow the Bible, people who love Christ well, there is going to be some serious persecution coming down the pike. But don't lose hope. Jesus is on the throne, and he, after a little bit of suffering, he's going to restore you. He's going to restore me. He's going to confirm us, strengthen us, and establish us. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. Like that's the hope that we have. So as we end out today's show, I just want you to to hear this, that God's on the throne. He's sovereign over all things. He's sovereign over your life. Don't let a light momentary affliction and persecution cause you to stumble. The scripture says also that those who endure to the end will be saved. Like this is the perseverance of the saints. Keep pressing forward. Keep pressing on. Don't give up. Keep moving towards Christ. I love you all. Have a beautiful week. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of a Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.